it's that time of year, that sad time when it starts to get cold, it's no longer warm, and it seems like there's nothing to do in your garden. Here's going to be a few ways to get ready for wintertime in your garden. Put it to sleep. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, a companion podcast to the upcoming documentary Backyard Gardens the movie. A story about two families growing their first gardens in a world that lacks nutrition. I'm your host and director, Ben Neville. It was really nice having Kelly on as our guest, and I hope you guys enjoyed the food preservation portion of our podcast. And hope you guys took a lot away from it and maybe tried a few things. Um, let us know if you have and show us what, you, what you've done and tell us about your experiences. So it's getting to be the end of the year. You're done with your summer gardening and your fall gardens. And now it's time to put your garden to bed for the winter. It's a sad time, but we've all got to do it. It's part of the cycle of, of life. And it gives us a time, at least it gives me a time to recoup from the busy summer and all the efforts that I've put into my garden and enjoy what I've done and time to regroup. So we're going to go over a couple ways to do that, and hopefully it'll make you a little bit easier and give you a little checklist of things you can do. So it should go without saying, but the first thing you should do is go ahead and get in your garden and pull up all of your um, plants that have, uh, we'll say expired, but you know, they're gone. They're not going to grow anymore. Um, you know, especially if you live up north where it gets real cold and in the higher, in the, uh, higher zones, then you can pull all those plants up and check them to make sure that they're disease-free. Because this is key. If your plants had disease or anything, you want to remove that plant and get rid of it completely. But if you are, have, are you, if you have a compost pile, this is a good time to go ahead and give it some of that extra juice it needs to get through the year. Because for me, I'm really bad with my compost pile. I put most of my kitchen scraps in there in the summertime, but I don't put any uh, brown matter in it, like dead leaves and stuff. So this is a good time of year to kind of soup it up and give it that. So anything that's in your garden that's not real thick, um, you know, like your tomato plants or something, something that will rot easily take that up chop it up as long as it's not diseased and put it in your compost pile and give it that little oomph it needs to kind of give it that diversity from all those scraps that you've been putting on if you're anything like me a lot of people with their compost piles are really good about it but not me it's just it doesn't work well so I do that um and on that same note you can take and you can rake up all your leaves in your yard and at the same time you can add those to your compost. But what I do is I rake up my leaves, which by the way is is probably the worst yard job you can do, but I take it and I rake rake them up into piles and then I take my lawnmower with a bag on it because I have a bag on my lawnmower, but if you don't, it's no big deal. 
and I just I just set it on top of the uh, the leaf piles, and then it kind it kind of chops them up and gets them ready to go into that compost pile. If you don't have a bag, then you can just take your comp your um, pile of leaves, and you can kind of go through it and shoot all the leaves into one direction out of the side, and then just rake those up and put them in. But that's a good way to kind of get started on it, and then you can mix that into your compost. So don't waste those leaves. And if you don't, let's say you live in a yard where you don't have a lot of leaves, there's no shame in the game in going to your neighbor's house or down the road where somebody has already pre-bagged their leaves and take that bag off the curb and put it into your own compost pile. There's no shame in that game. Just if you do it, make sure there's not any dog poop or anything in there. But that's a good way to get more leaves to put in, which I might start doing this year. I haven't done it before. Because last year we had um, our little friend Hurricane Florence came to visit us and she actually ripped all the leaves out of the trees early in the year. So in the fall, we didn't have to rake at all. We didn't have any leaves, so I had nothing to add to my compost. So this year we haven't had anything like that as bad. So we will be able to um, add leaves this year and hopefully boost up our compost a little bit. So it just really goes all about cleaning up everything, you know, go through and do a good weeding. Um, anything that's real invasive or has taken hold, um, just go ahead and pull those weeds up. And if you need to pull them up and you haven't had any rain in a while, give it, give your garden a watering. And when the weeds are wet, they will pull a lot easier. And that way you can get these weeds up. And then as the soil cools, it'll continue to kill and they won't regrow. So that's a good time to kind of get a head start on the weeds. I know it's like in the garden, weeding is is not the best job to do, but at least if you're doing it now, you're getting a head start and you're starting it early. So I know I've referred to the garden bed I made this year and I had a terrible weed problem there because what happened was when I removed everything out of that area, because when the hurricane came, it knocked down a bunch of trees. And so since it was already bare, I pulled the trees out and made this garden and it disturbed the top layer of soil. And guess what's in that top layer of soil? All your weed seeds. So as everything grew, the weeds got bigger and bigger and I would spend hours. I think my son and I, who's only five, you know, we would go out there and he would pull the heads off the weeds, but I was getting all the weeds out most of them and then they would come back and I just didn't have the time to get out there and do it but I knew that this was the first year for that so now I'm attacking the weeds for next year so my situation is a little bit different because like I said the weeds grew and you couldn't you couldn't even walk through you couldn't even see the ground they were so bad and they were starting to get high so what I did is I went through and I cut them down because I couldn't pull them and now I'm in the process of smothering them and I'm going to put a cover crop down and I'm, what I'm thinking is next year, just let that rest and that section rest because where my watermelon was, it took over everything and it kind of, it did help keep the weeds down in areas, but other areas, I mean, I went out there and this is embarrassing and I was starting to pull the weeds and I found a pepper plant that I put out there with like 25 peppers on it. So, you know, it's a little hot peppers, but it was mixed up in the weeds and I was, 
you know, I could have gotten a lot more. And I was upset because I couldn't remember where I planted my peppers. Because one of my things I like to can, as you could tell from the previous episode, is green bean or not green beans, sorry, jalapenos. But it got lost in there. So I might be able to get a jar out this year, but that's okay. You live and learn. So pull those weeds up and get rid of them and get rid of your uh, diseased plants too. You know, don't put them in your compost piles. Don't keep them around. Go ahead and get rid of them. You're going to have to throw them away because a lot of things, the disease will live in the soil, Um, especially with something like anything that had powdery mildew on it. You got to get it away from your yard. So go ahead and get it out and move it out of the way. And you can plant a cover crop early in the fall to late fall. This is coming out a little too late and we're going to do a whole nother episode on cover crops, probably closer to spring. Um, mostly because right now I'm in the process of researching it and learning for myself because you can plant in the, in the fall or the spring, depending on what your goal is. So I'm going to do a little bit more in depth episode on this later, but a cover crop is a good way to do it. You can plant something that grows quick and then dies and it'll feed your soil and kind of, um, it's some, some varieties will keep the bug or the insects down and other varieties will last all winter and other varieties won't. So, um, it's a little bit too much for this episode, but I'm just going to kind of mention it and we'll get more into that later because I'm kind of, like I said, I'm doing this is the first time myself. I've read about it for years and heard about it and never wanted to do it, but this new garden bed, I feel like is the only way to get on top of my problem. So we'll go into that later, but just keep that in mind. It's a good time to pull up any bulbs or not pull up, but divide any bulbs that you have. So you can do that. And you know, you can spread them out in your yard. We used to have a lot of uh, daylilies in our yard. Um, they were really cheap, but everybody kept giving them to us for free. And it was like each year we would just split them and move them down. And we had a long driveway that we couldn't get anything to grow, but these daylilies would. It wasn't the most beautiful, but it was cheap and it was quick and it it stopped the erosion that we had an issue with. So we would just move them on down. So it's a good way to do it. And then you can also add mulch back to your gardens and around some of your plants um, and mulch anything that you're going to overwinter. So, uh, it does the same thing as the summer. It kind of, it reduces water loss. It helps with erosion if you have issues with that and it'll help keep weeds down, but it does a lot of other things, um, you know, in the winter time. So for instance, if you have something that you've planted and it, it can get cold, but maybe it'll get a little too cold. It'll keep a little bit of that heat in during the day. So it will not get as cold. So you can try that as well. So replenishing replenishing mulch is a good thing to do. It just kind of depends on what you're doing. And, um, you know, give your garden a good raking through. You want to do that. So just kind of stir up the soil a little bit. Because like this year I had Japanese beetles real bad. Well, the Japanese beetle likes to lay its eggs in the soil and then they'll overwinter there. So if you go out there and it's starting to get cold and you mix it up, you can get, you can kill off some of those Japanese beetles that are coming, going to try and come back. 
it's a good thing to stir it up in the in the early winter time to kind of you don't have to get out there and do like a crazy dig or anything but just kind of rake over a little bit and just get those bugs exposed to that colder air and then that'll help take care of it and then you want to just kind of take care of your tools a little bit so just check them make sure you know if you if you spend a lot of money in your tools then you probably want to oil them a little bit but i just kind of wash mine off briefly uh, I take really bad care of my tools because they're tools and they get used a lot. So I don't buy the best quality because they just kind of is what it is. But if you do have them or you do want to do that, then you can clean your tools and sharpen them. But I don't have things break a lot. I haven't had a lot of issues. So, you know, it's up to you how you want to do it. But, you know, just at bare minimum, I would just remove all the dirt and debris so rust doesn't kind of build up on it. Because there's nothing worse than going out there with like a rusty trowel and sticking it in the ground. And then the trowel breaks off. And then you're digging out the trowel from the ground and all that. It's just it's just not a good idea. So um, that's a good thing to do as well. And you want... I'm going over a list here that I've written down. So once you've cleaned everything up and you've got your whole garden straight, then move around to the paths and clean up the paths around your gardens a little bit. You know, any kind of weeds there, go ahead and knock them back and then just try and kind of get a hold on it. So, you know, these weeds, they'll take over, but we want to stay on top of them and getting rid of them in the wintertime when they're going to bed is a great time because they're not real strong anymore. So... Uh, you can lay, if you have real bad problems, you can lay like thick cardboard down or something um, before you it gets really cold. If you still have weeds growing, that'll kind of kill them off too. But then you're still going to have to go through. So um, if you have berries, you want to take care of your berries. So it's a good time to plant blackberries in the fall. And you just plant the blackberries and you mount, put a mound around them. And so when it gets frost, it won't kind of expand and pull that blackberry out of the ground. So that's a good thing to do too. And we actually plant our blueberries in the fall because the place up the road from us, uh, Pender Pines, they have their um, they have a fall sale where everything's fifty percent off. So we'll go and we'll stock up on blueberries, and we're we're trying to line our yard with blueberries. So it's a good time. Uh, it's not the best time to put them in, but we've done it and we've had success. We haven't had any die off in, in a few years. So you do that, but then also put a little thin layer of mulch around the base just to kind of give it a little bit extra protection. So that kind of helps it, but it's just kind of protecting what you have. I consider them investments because they are, ed or they're a part of our edible landscape. So it always comes back. It always provides something for us. And we want to take care of them. And we did a little strawberry bed the same way. And at this time, it's a good time to just take and put a, a, a layer of straw mulch around that bed and go through it and just kind of protect it a little bit because you, you don't know how cold it's going to be. I mean, you should buy plants that are for your area. But, you know, I live in North Carolina and we generally don't get overly cold. But one year it got um, down into the single digits and a lot of things died we had we had to replace a lot of things and we didn't expect that 
you know, when I lived in New England, it would get down below zero a lot, but we had bought everything for that area so it could do that. So it wasn't an issue. But then one year it got like really below zero and I don't remember the exact number, but we had a lot of things die then too. So a lot of damage. And then you want to take care of your herbs too. So if you have anything that is um, a perennial, meaning it'll come back every year, you might want to just give a light mulch around it and just kind of, just to kind of protect it. You don't have to go crazy, but just something a little bit around it. If you have anything that is real tender, like basil or parse or, or not parsley, um, I'm drawing a blank. Well, I can't remember now off the top of my head, but anyways, if you have basil, you can dig that up, put it in a pot and bring it inside. And then you can keep getting more basil throughout the winter if you want, or you can just let it go. Um, that's kind of, I don't bring it inside. I kind of get tired of digging stuff up and bringing it inside. I have enough in the house. And I kind of, I look at winter as a time for me to relax and enjoy what I have and what I've done. Uh, it's really busy in the summertime, especially this year. You know, we started the podcast. I, I have a film business I do on the side or not on the side that I do. And I'm filming the movie. So it is a very busy year for me. So the winter time, I kind of get to eliminate that and I get to recharge. Now, where I live, though, I can start planning a lot earlier than some people in colder climates. So I could see if you lived in a colder climate, you would want to preserve what you can. So I understand that. And it's a good thing to do. But just keep an, keep an eye. Uh, I'm sorry. Just decide how much you want to bring in your house and how much work you still want to do. Rosemary is something that is a, it's a perennial, but it can be kind of tender. So I have a rosemary I grow here and last year it got pretty cold and it had a lot of, had a little bit of damage. So this year we haven't, it hasn't been as productive. So it just needs to be kind of protected if you're in something like zone six or seven or something or eight or nine. But if you're like zone five and colder, then you want to bring it inside. You can also do something like a cold frame for it if you have it in pots, but yeah, I would just bring it inside and uh, protect it. But for me, I just leave mine outside, but I mulch around it a little bit to help keep it. And just, I kind of hope and pray honestly, because when I was younger, I lived in a house that had a huge rose, uh, rosemary bush, had no idea what it was, but then I had a dog who had puppies inside of this rosemary bush and then all the puppies smelled like rosemary for, they just all go hang out in there and stuff. And it, it never died and it must've lived for years. It was probably four feet high and six feet wide. It was this giant rosemary bush. So it was a really good thing to have. And I've continued to grow one every year. But now I know that you should probably protect it. And it was in a protected area. So it only got wind from like a, like a cold, drying wind from like one angle. And that's probably why it lived as long as it had. So the one I have now is not very protected. So I need to make some kind of protection for it. And there's all kinds of ways you can do that. 
I'm personally this year just going to try and mulch it a little bit and see if that helps and then we'll go from there. So once you have all of this done, if you have timers on your sprinklers or anything like that, you want to go ahead and bring them inside so the water inside doesn't freeze and expand and cause them to crack. And the same with your hoses if you can. Just roll them up and bring them inside if you're not going to use them because that just kind of protects them. It, it protects them from laying out in the sun and getting sun damage. And it protects them from water expanding and causing them to crack as well. And it's just kind of make your investment line because hoses get kind of expensive. So um, anything you can do to kind of make it last will be uh, helpful. And it's, I mean, what else? You don't have to go out there like right now today and do it. But if it snows, you definitely want to do all this stuff before it snows. So we don't have to worry about that here. So usually about, you know, December, I'll go out and get it, but, and do it. But other than that, it's not really for me, I don't rush out and do it, but if it snowed, I would go do it. Now there was times when I lived up North and the snow would fall and there would just be a hose stuck under it. And there's nothing I could do. I'm not going to dig through four feet of snow to pull a hose up, but it is something that you can do. And if you have any kind of fruit trees or anything, it's a good time to look at them and see if there's any kind of damage to any of the limbs or anything, anything you need to trim. If you're going to trim the limbs, the best time to do it is when it's colder because the, the tree is asleep and the sap's not running through it as much so it doesn't damage the tree as much so i would just at this point i would just look at your trees and say you know i need to remove this limb this limb that limb you know this area and then as it gets colder then you go out and trim it and then it'll recover faster and the final thing to do in my mind is look at your garden and any kind of structures you've built either that need to be replaced or fixed it's a good time to take them down for me i built two trellises this year and it was an epic failure my green beans collapsed one trellis and then i went and i built one for my uh cucumbers and one of the pieces of wood got stepped on and broke, so I had to cut it in half, and then I kind of overlapped it, screwed it together, and try and bound it together. Well, then it collapsed. So I now have to start all over again, but this is a good time of year to go ahead and pull those up and then just get them out of the garden. You kind of want to just, in my mind, it makes sense to just do it all at once, get it out of there, and start thinking of ways to make that certain structure better if it worked for you. So once your soil freezes, there's not a whole lot you can do, but there are, there's not a whole lot you can do as far as putting structures in, but there are things that you can do to start the planning stages. So I like to do a little bit at a, at a time. And so the first step in that would be to remove it. So I was, it's kind of embarrassing because I was like super proud that I built these trellises and I had a whole plan. I was like, okay, 
cucumbers in this one this year, green beans in this one next year or this year, and then I'll switch them and I'll just rotate them back and forth. Well, they all collapse. I mean, the green bean one is still standing, but it, it's hurting pretty bad. So, and it, it hurt my green bean production as well. So just go ahead and pull it out, get it done and, um, start planning for next year. Because even though it's winter time, it's getting to be winter time. Your season is not totally done. You may have things that you need to harvest that you've planted. So, you know, a lot of things get sweeter as the ground gets colder. You know, uh, your carrots and sweet potatoes. And um, I'm not totally sure about regular potatoes. But a lot of your root vegetables, once they get like a light freeze, they actually get sweeter. So you can start pulling those up once that happens as well. But all that will kind of help you get on your goal to putting your garden to bed and making it so you can be more productive next year and kind of hit the ground running when spring comes. There'll still need to be spring prep, but this will help you get ahead of that. So just clean them up, get everything ready. And then when you go inside, you can start making our recipe of the day. So the recipe of the day is a soup that I kind of made up. Um, I was just looking through my freezer and I wanted to make a soup, but I didn't have a lot of time. So I just started throwing stuff in. And then over the years, I kind of it fluctuates on what I add to it. So for me, what I do is I add a can of, tom- of diced tomatoes. It's usually, I think it's the um, 28 ounce can because I like to make a lot of soup. So I add the bigger can of, soup, of uh, tomatoes. And then I use vegetable broth because I'm vegetarian. But if you wanted to use chicken broth or whatever, beef broth, it's, that's up to you. But you can add that in. Sauteed onion. And then a little bit of water as needed to get the consistency that you want. So when I get the broth, I get the uh, cartons of vegetable broth if I don't make it myself. But usually just to make it easy, I buy the carton of uh, vegetable broth and I'll just put the whole thing in. And then I go into my freezer and I start pulling vegetables that I either have left over or that I've bought. So I usually always add um, at least a small bag of the mixture of corn, peas, green beans, and carrots. I usually always add that as a kind of like a base, a staple. And then I'll go through and I'll add, uh, if I like when I freeze my okra, this is what I use it for. I use it for soups. So I'll put some frozen okra in. Um, We've put broccoli Uh, If you want it a little bit more hearty, you can put a potato in there, sweet potato. Um, We grow sweet potatoes. So like this year, we'll probably be adding sweet potatoes. And then we add um, a bean of some sort. So if you want to add, you can add a can of beans if you want, or I add um, lentils. I'll add a bag of lentils in. And then sometimes I'll add either um, half a cup of rice or some pasta 
or some barley. So I usually add the barley to it. It's either barley or rice for me, either one. But then you just put it all together. And then I put like a, a little bit of lemon in there for flavor. So we dried lemongrass here. So we'll add lemongrass to it. Cook it down. Let it cook for about 30 minutes or so. And if you really want, you can add some tofu or some kind of meat. Just brown the meat first before you put it in and cook it up. Add your flavors that you want. Um, this is where you can get kind of creative. I always add salt and pepper. Um, I'll add a little bit of basil because I have a lot of basil from my garden that I've dried. So I'll just add that in and garlic, onion powder. Um, sometimes I'll put like a little bit of dried chipotle in there to give a little spice or we use um, smoked paprika and then you just cook it continue to cook for about another 10 minutes and serve it in a bowl and I cook it with the top off just kind of simmer it for that time so it will cook down because I like my soups a little bit thicker but if you want it thinner you can either put the top on or you can just add water as needed while it cooks and then once you get it in a bowl that's when I add a, a little dollop of pesto to it. Obviously, if I put the chipotle in, I wouldn't put pesto in, but I just put a little bit of pesto in, and there you go. It's good. And I personally call it trash soup just because I'm taking everything I can and putting it in there. But I don't recommend that because when you tell people, try some of my trash soup, they look at you like you're crazy. So name it whatever you want, use it, and enjoy it. I hope everybody has enjoyed this and you are going to go out and put your gardens to bed and come in and have a warm cup of soup. And when you're done with your soup, you can freeze it so you can continue to eat it. So everybody have a good day and thank you for listening and give us a review if you like and a thumbs up and we will see you next time. So if you have any questions or want to know what we've been up to, you can follow us on our social media pages. On Facebook and Instagram, it's Backyard Gardens the Movie. And on Facebook, we also have a group. It's called Backyard Gardens. We have a website, BackyardGardensTheMovie.com. You can sign up there for an email to get updates about production and release dates for our movie. And give us a like and a review on iTunes or in your favorite services because it will really help us reach more people. Because we want to help everybody learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.